0: Do you talk about it with your friends? Do you dare talk about it with your grandparents? The Sealed Section, talking everything sex for everyone. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Sealed Section. This is going to be the first informational episode and I cannot wait to share it with you all. Today I wanted to delve into why I'm doing this and what even made me think of sexology as a career choice. This is definitely not a common career choice and a lot of people are actually quite taken aback when I tell them I want to be a sexologist and even more a lot of people they don't even understand what a sexologist is. They kind of just look at me and go well what does that mean? Like what would you do? And it's kind of crazy to me because you know everyone knows what a psychologist does and it just kind of shows that there really isn't any education beyond STIs in sex education and they don't even show teach you in school that this is really a pathway that you can take. It's something that I know through the experiences that I've had that I'm going to explain in this episode that I had to discover it myself and I'm so glad that I did. However, a lot of people just wouldn't even come across it. I do just want to make a quick disclaimer that any of the educational information within this podcast does not take place of any medical or professional advice. I'll be referring to the terms vulva odors and penis odors so I do not discriminate against any gender. Also, all of the statistical information within this podcast has come from the Australian Government's Department of Health. So I'll just jump straight into it now. When I was 18, I was having a lot of unprotected casual sex. I was going out, I was clubbing, I was having the time of my life, and I was really just beginning to explore my sexuality. It was like this new light, you go out, and all of a sudden there's just all these people and it's just it's an amazing feeling when you can finally do it and that's when I discovered one night stands and casual sex and I just thought it was this amazing exciting new world I wasn't however taking my sexual health seriously which I think a lot of young people don't do I think it's you know it's in the back of your head but you're like ah oh, it'll, it'll be fine don't worry about it And you just kinda push it to the side and ignore it. Especially when intoxicated. I was intoxicated through most of my sexual encounters at 18. And I really lose my common sense when I'm drinking, as a lot of people do. And when you're in the heat of the moment, you just think, oh, it'll be fine. Like you just don't worry about it. Like you just push it back. Like, let's just keep things going the way you're going. And I was terrified to have a conversation asking if they'd ever been tested, or even to use condoms, because I didn't want to ruin the mood. Like you'd be making out, and not even necessarily getting to the making out stage, because it goes so fast when you're drinking. There's no time taken for your pleasure. Like it just doesn't happen. And I mean, there could be some out there, and I, I hope that, like I know there is, but through my own personal experiences. Um, When I've had sex with uh, males, they just tend to want to get straight to the penetration. They just want to get the job done. And when that moves that quickly, sometimes it's just like it's already happening. And you're like, whoa, I didn't even have an opportunity to ask. I didn't. I just didn't. And you just kind of get to this moment. You're like, shit. And you're like, oh, well, just enjoy it. It'll be fine. That's a sober Emily problem. And then Sober Emily's just like, oh she'll be right, just don't worry about it, pretend it's fine. If I'll wait and see if I get symptoms, which is not necessarily the best option because so many people do are asymptomatic, which means you don't get symptoms. So I think, as I said, if everything was slowed down and people actually took their time to give pleasure to the other person, it would provide a greater opportunity to have those really important conversations. But anyway, we should be having them regardless. But I just know it's something when you especially coming into the casual sex world at like 18, it's a really scary thing. And you are not. no one teaches you how to do that. Um, If you're lucky enough, you'll have awesome parents who do it, but for most people I talk to that has, that's just not what happens. (laughs) Anyway, fast forward to when I start seeing someone more seriously, Uh, I still don't know how to communicate, no surprise, I'm still only 18, but I've nearly like, it's nearly been a whole year, and... I'm also in a mindset that like I don't want to know if they're having sex with other people because that's going to hurt me and I also feel like when I was in that mindset I'm like if I ask them or if I like kind of have that conversation or be like more serious I don't want to come off as too much which is so stupid looking back on it now but like that's just what was running through my head. So after a few months of seeing them, I start getting pelvic pain, burning during sex, and a little bit of irritation on my vulva, so I go and get tested, I don't, however, tell the sexual partner I'm going to get tested, because I was terrified of that conversation, I was just like, yep, I'll go get tested, and they if like hopefully nothing like it's all negative like I've just got like thrush or something and then I don't have to tell them and we can avoid that conversation and never talk about sexual health within our relationship amazing perfect so not what happened and so almost grateful now that's not what happened because I've learned so much because I was there was just such a gap within within that sexual relationship with communication anyway that and yeah Anyways, I'm getting off track here. So from that point on, I've had rollercoaster emotions, self-discovery even, and just a whole lot of shit that I realized I didn't know. And even worse, I don't, didn't know how to talk about these things. Like all these new things i will discover I'm like, I've never talked about this, I don't know how to talk about it, how do I start a conversation about this, and lucky for me, I have an amazing mother and father, my whole family's amazing, and I could have these conversations with them, so I was really lucky, a lot of people aren't, um, I was fortunate to have a really open and safe space. So it's through all these next experiences I'm going to talk about that's what really made me realise I want to become a sexologist and work within the sex industry. So I've gone and got tested, and I get the phone call, you have to come back in, and I was like, yep, here we go, what do we got? (laughs) Um... I still remember my mum. I was sitting on my bed and she was walking past my window outside and she, she was like, I was like, yeah, I've got to go back to the doctors. And she looked at me like, Emily, oh, I told you to be having safe sex. And I was like, yeah, well, that's easier said than done. <laughs> and so the results came back positive for chlamydia. Uh, the doctor gave me a script for antibiotics and then told me I need to inform my partners. Now, this is the part that I knew was going to come. But this is fucking terrifying. No one teaches you this in school. They tell you, "Don't get an STI." This like this is what STIs look like, symptoms. You know, we're letting you know they're there. He's how to put a condom on, but don't get one. They don't tell you what to do when you get an STI. Like no one tells you how to deal with that. And so, to tell the person I'm seeing, who I know I'm at this point, we'd become more serious. And I know I'm going to continue seeing them. I have to tell them. Oh, it was terrifying for me. And the funny thing was actually, I had asked this person what their biggest fear was one day when you're having those, you know, real deep chats, and they said chlamydia. I should have known it was coming. That's just like, oh, putting it out of the universe, waiting to happen. Uh, anyway, there's this actual really cool online service. If you just Google, Uh, texting, like informing my um, partner of it, like STI status, Um, you can go on the website and you put in the person's number, you select the sexually transmitted infection and it texts them to tell the person that um, that you've had sexual relations with that the person they've been with has tested positive. Doesn't say who, so it's completely anonymous. But if you're absolutely terrified and you just can't bring yourself to do it, this is a—it's a great way to do it. I would, however, advocate to say uh, to try and do it yourself. It's such—it's terrifying, but it's such a great experience. And yeah, I just think it'd be—it's really—it's yeah—it's one of those moments that you you, you really learn from. I also, I'll make up some templates of what you can say on how to, um, like, inform your partner and how to even have these sexual health conversations before jumping in bed and post them on my Instagram to help you guys out because it's definitely not easy and I learnt that the hard way. So, I conjured up the strength to write and send this dreaded text. Uh, The problem that I didn't see then, but I see now as I've, it's been over a year, well over a year. I really played the blame game in this text. I knew that I could kind of work out a timeline and put a blame on them. So in my mind, I thought this was like the perfect way to make myself feel better about the whole situation. And I think a lot of people in this situation try and put the blame elsewhere to deal with the circumstances. Especially because SDIs are so stigmatized and seen as dirty. It's like, oh, I'm the poor innocent victim if I can blame someone else. And I think if you're having consensual sex, uh, you can't you can't just completely blame someone else. And there's obviously different circumstances such as cheating and non-consensual sex, and there's other, just other circumstances. But if you have just chosen not taking your sexual health seriously, it's a two-way street. You've only got yourself to blame. I didn't take that, um, that mindset on, obviously, at the time, and I used that blame game to really help myself deal with it. I felt better. They're the one in the wrong. It's not me. I'm just the victim here. Obviously, if I could go back, I would change that. But I obviously I can't do that, and that's what I just had to learn from. I also think that a lot of work needs to be done on destigmatizing STIs, and hopefully through my work, I'll be able to help break down some of those stigmas and help people relearn how to think about STIs and sexual health. I think if this is done, then these conversations would be so much easier because there's just there's no stigma about it, it's not seen as something bad and then it's just a normal conversation and like these should be just normal conversations that we should be having. It's uh, something like one in two people under 25 will contract to STI so if over 50% 50 of us are getting them under 25 why aren't we being taught how to deal with that? It's just, it's beyond me that people, they just try and sleep it under the rug and, like, it's a problem. It's its out there, but we're not going to talk about it. So after my doctor's appointment and telling my partner about the uh, positive result, I get treated and then we both pretend like nothing ever happened. We didn't dare say the word comedia in our relationship again, like, that was... The worst dirtiest word that could be could be mentioned which is terrible and, and now now we can say it, it's fine now but then nah, never <laughs> I was also was just terrified of the fact I had had an STI and I didn't know how to communicate about that and I couldn't even bring myself to ask if they had gotten tested or treated and that's, I, I, wrote, so many people look at me and just be like, what? What do you mean? Like, that's such a simple thing, but I just couldn't do it. It was terrifying, and they couldn't do it either. With the first time, like, we had, so the next time we had sex from finding out that we had, um, had a positive diagnosis was the most awkward sex of my life like let me tell you we're making out for ages and there's this elephant in the room which we know media, and we can't talk about it so we just make out for forever and it's so fucking awkward and it was the worst sex of my life like it was just terrible and because we were both we both were thinking about it but we just didn't know how to approach it and we were both just like do we, do we have sex, is it okay for us to be having sex, should we be using condom, like these are all running through my head, so it was just horrible, like it was so horrible, and like even, there would be like conversation things said that were like not sex, it was just the not sexy sex, and we should have had that conversation, and even more, we need to be having these conversations out of the bedroom, because once you're in the bedroom, and getting around and having you know, getting intimate, it's just, it makes it so much harder for these conversations, so everyone needs to be brave and start having sex conversations with their partners outside of the bedroom, I can't stress that enough, but it's terrifying, a lot of people just, they seize up when it comes to sex, they just can't talk about it, unless it's positive things with sex, you know, people have no problems, you know, getting a room and going back to their friends about, oh my god, that was amazing, But people really struggle to talk about the nitty-gritty and the really important things when it comes to sex. So I took the easy option, as I said, ignored the elephant in the room, had a really bad root, pretended like nothing had happened, and yeah, that was that. Now, before I keep talking about this experience of mine, I do just really just want to quickly talk about chlamydia and just kind of inform you all a bit. I know most of you would have done this in sex ed, but I really just want to cover the basis again, just to make sure we're all on the same page. So chlamydia is a bacterial sexually transmitted infection. Uh, It's the most frequently reported STI in Australia. Uh, most people who have contracted the infection however are asymptomatic meaning that they have no symptoms I was fortunate uh, the first time I had chlamydia I had symptoms and that's what prompted me to get tested otherwise I could have had worse complications than I already did have <laughs> unfortunately for myself however the second time I contracted chlamydia which I'll touch on later I had no symptoms whatsoever fortunately Chlamydia can be treated with antibiotics, and it's really just quite simple. Within within those who have vulvas, uh, chlamydia typically infects the cervix and the urethra, whereas those who have penises typically infects the urethra and the testicles. Chlamydia, however, can also infect your anus, throat, or eyes. So if you are having any unprotected anal or oral sex... Uh, please go and talk to your doctor about that and how to test those areas for STIs. So what are the signs and symptoms you should be looking out for? For those with vulvas, you may experience abnormal discharge, bleeding or spotting, a burning or stinging when urinating or pain during sex. For those with penises, you may experience a clear or milky discharge from the urethra, redness at the opening of the penis, uh, burning or stinging when urinating or pain and smelling in the testicles. It is so important to get regularly tested as many people who have chlamydia are asymptomatic and the infection can survive for over two years. I was fortunate enough that I have been getting regularly tested, so the two times that I did test positive, I was on top of it basically straight away. So back to my own experience, after I completely tried to ignore the fact that I had contracted chlamydia, I got tested again just before me and this partner ended things and so this is only so the first positive result happened in december this is only february so it's actually a pretty short time frame and i'm really lucky and fortunate that it was uh because therefore less complications it could arise so i go and get tested and i tested positive for chlamydia again now i I had no symptoms whatsoever so I was in complete shock. I was so angry at this point because obviously that my sexual partner wasn't taking mine or their sexual health seriously because I hadn't slept with anyone else. I haven't had any sexual relations with anyone else. I have just been with this person. So they have either been with other people and not told me or they have... Done what I thought was the unthinkable, the impossible, have not gone and got tested and not gotten treated. So I was, I was gropable, I was so angry. And I realized that not communicating was one of the biggest mistakes I could have ever made. Like, guys, communicate, you don't want to be in my situation. I did. Later find out that that person had the first time we had um I had informed him that there was a positive chlamydia diagnosis, had called their doctor, and their doctor thought that their low-dose antibiotics for their cold would have treated it. So I don't know if that was just what they've said, they just knew they were on antibiotics. So that's just what they've told me to try and put the blame elsewhere. Or if the doctor actually said that, I have no idea. If the doctor did say that, I just can't believe that. <laughs> like, why would you not get tell them to come in and get tested? Like, I've, even though they're on those because I've still been having regular sex with them. So beyond me. But anyway, I got treated and I wasn't having sex with this person anymore. And then however I started to experience this pelvic pain every day it was like a period cramp and I was also experiencing like a lot of pain during sex especially like a bit like more of deeper like penetration and in certain positions uh, it was just super painful so after tests and more tests I finally got to go to the gynecologist because the doctors just weren't sure they kept thinking oh maybe it's chlamydia so they kept Giving me more antibiotics. Like I had I had never had really antibiotics up until this point. The amount of antibiotics that got pumped through me that year was crazy. My poor gut health. (laughs) So once I get to the gynecologist, they diagnose me with pelvic inflammatory disease. So for those with vulvas an untreated chlamydia infection can actually reach the fallopian tubes which can result in pelvic inflammatory disease which is also known as pid now at this point i was just like what else have you got like you're joking me like i'm just sick of this like how has one little mistake which is not a little mistake massive mistake huge mistake turned into this like it was just this never-ending saga and it was so frustrating for me because for the person to for my past sexual partner, they just had got to take their antibiotics and they're treated, and then I'm dealing with all of this shit. And I'm like, I never knew that it could it could go to this, and I didn't even know what pelvic inflammatory disease was. I sat there and looked at the gynecologist like, "You're joking me," and I was just so frustrated and. I just didn't know what to do. Lucky I had an amazing doctor and I was well looked after. So I got treated with antibiotics again. Unfortunately, pelvic inflammatory disease can be treated with antibiotics. So pelvic inflammatory disease is an infection and inflammation of one or more organs within the pelvic area of vulva owners, uh, such as the cervix, endometrium, which is the lining of the uterus, fallopian tubes or ovaries. This affects around one in eight vulva owners in Australia. The symptoms of PID include lower abdomen pain or back pain, pain during sex or urination, abnormal periods or increased pain during periods, abnormal vaginal discharge, fever, chills, nausea or vomiting. Now the scary thing with PID is it can result in scarring within the fallopian tubes so it's extremely important to try and treat this infection as early as possible. Other complications include decreases in uh, infertility, chronic abdominal pain which I was terrified about having because this pain that I was having every day was just it was horrible I hated it Uh, atopic pregnancies so this is where the fetus develops outside of the uterus miscarriages premature and stillborn deaths now laparoscopies can be used to determine if there's any scarring or complications that have occurred due to the infection I had to have one of these because after I was treated with antibiotics I was still experiencing pain especially during sex that was my main problem it was just every time I was having sex it was just so painful and I hated that because I loved sex and it was just putting this little obstacle in the way and it was really frustrating so they did the laparoscopy because they thought maybe that I had some scarring and that when I was having sex it was being irritated and that's what was causing the pain and then they just wanted to have a look um, see if there was any um, impacts on my fertility um, and just check everything out so this was a super scary time, I was even more angry and frustrated now that I hadn't taken my own sexual health seriously, people tell me all the time, it's like, they say, oh what an asshole that person was for giving me chlamydia in the first place, and then again, because then I had to go through all of this, and the, the surgery, and everything else, but as I said earlier, I don't have, I don't have any, um, I don't hold any grudges against him. I think the second time I contracted clear that was frustrating, but I also wasn't having these conversations with him. It's a two-way street. If you're having consensual sex, it's on the two of you to communicate and be clear about your sexual health. And if you aren't doing that, you can't blame the other person. I never asked if he had gone and got treated. I didn't like I or even test it I just didn't ask and that's on me so this whole experience is I take complete blame for it I so yeah it's just it's completely on me and every time someone asks oh what an asshole or did you break up with him and all that I was just I tell them straight up no it's my own fault I'm not mad at them it's it, it wasn't their fault anyways back to the laparoscopy that I had to have, everything came back normal, which was extremely lucky. And from that moment, I kind of reflected back on everything. I decided I really need to take a step forward from this and start having these really hard conversations. And even beyond that, I started every even every new person I met I'll be sitting um with friends and there'll be someone new there and they'll ask what I want to do and I'm like I want to be a sexologist and they always ask well how like what makes you want to do that and I'll tell them this story and it goes hard at the start you kind of look at someone especially with some of um males because I find they don't respond as well to it but They've been amazing. Everyone has been so amazing and open. And so it, um, almost like they're glad to have the conversation because no one talks about it. And it's such a really open and honest conversation. And everyone learns so much talking to each other because a lot of people, especially with the pelvic inflammatory disease, they don't know what that is. And they're really intrigued. They're like, oh, what is that? I didn't even know that was a possible complication. So... I found from that moment to start using protection even if I'm intoxicated and even more than that just to start just to talk be open and with everyone and especially with my sexual partners I love talking about it now I love trying to break down the stigmas that people hold in relation to STIs. I think it's such a it's exciting kind of field to be exploring and working in because trying to break down and make help people relearn something is a really cool and exciting thing and I love I love having these conversations and trying to change people's opinions even my um uh, a friend of mine called said something about an I was like, oh that's or said about their partner or if you're dirty like if you had an STI and i Oh, I ripped shreds through. I was like, no, you do not say that. That is so just adding to the stigma. It's, you do, you don't. You say you tested positive or tested negative, and they shouldn't. Uh, STIs are right at the forefront of jokes, and people love to use them to stir people up and to make jokes out of them because they, it's just what they love to do, it's in all movies, like, oh, Lisa don't have herpes, like, they're just, they're so heavily, heavily stigmatized, but it's crazy, because everyone can contract an STI, it's not just for the people who sleep around, or who you call a slut, it, anyone can get one, I know people that contract STIs from the first time they have sex, from the second time they have sex, if you're not taking your sexual health seriously, and having protected sex and having these sexual health conversations you are just as much risk as everyone else just because you've only it's your first time having sex you've only slept with a few people or you choose who you have sex with like you know you're really select you're only you only like guys that have talked to you for like a six months and you you know are really good guys like therefore you won't get one like it's it doesn't work like that anyone can contract an STI so we all need to start having these conversations. They shouldn't be hard. Unfortunately, at you know, the first few times, yeah, it's really it's really hard. It shouldn't be though. We need to take a step forward. Sex education, it needs a complete revamp because if we were educated on STIs in a positive way and educated how to talk to our sexual partners, it would be so easy. We would just be able to have these conversations just like asking, oh, what do you do for work? What, how's your sexual health? When did you last get tested? There would be such easy conversations and it's unfortunate it's not, but that's why I'm here. I'm trying to take a step forward with everyone and try and create a really positive, shame-free sexual atmosphere. So moral of the story here is have these really important conversations before sex, get regularly tested and take your sexual health seriously, advocate for barrier methods of contraception and look after, just look after your sexual health and look after yourself, it is so so important. Thank you all for listening in today. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you on my next episode. Thanks, guys.